After the end of this month, roughly 25 million Brazilians will be left in limbo. They will stop receiving the government's coronavirus emergency salary, which expires in October, but they are also not considered to be poor enough to receive benefits from the Bolsa Família program. Exactly what to do with these people is a massive question mark within the Jair Bolsonaro administration. Leaving them without any government help could further escalate the rise of poverty in Brazil and turn them against the president. Bolsonaro's re-election chances are already slim as it is, and he can't afford to lose more support. But doing something about it in the form of more government handouts could cause the budget to spiral out of control, pushing up against the federal spending cap. Also, breaching the cap is an impeachable offense, meaning it could leave the president in a very precarious position. The truth is that the government doesn't really know what to do with these people stuck in welfare purgatory, especially since the president's project to launch his own version of the Bolsa Família program has been stuck for years. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Jair Bolsonaro recently celebrated the milestone of 1,000 days as president. To drum up some good press, he began a series of trips around the country, inaugurating infrastructure projects and launching government programs. He's also trying to rouse his fervent yet shrinking support base, talking up issues related to social customs and behavior, such as abortion laws, stopping the legalization of medicinal cannabis, or lowering the age of criminal responsibility from 18 to 16 years old. In 2018, these issues struck a chord with conservatives and gave him the edge during a presidential campaign he mainly conducted through social media, after an assassination attempt sidelined him for weeks. Initially, his son said the injury was superficial, but then he was taken to surgery and doctors said his intestines were hit. But in 2021 Brazil, voters are much more interested in real-life issues. A recent survey showed that only 2% of voters saw LGBTQ issues as being the most important in Brazil today. When it comes to abortion, which played a huge role back in the 2010 election, less than half of voters say it has crossed their mind ahead of the 2022 election. Indeed, voters are mainly worried about COVID, inflation and unemployment. The coronavirus pandemic finally seems to be receding in Brazil and multiple cities around the country are returning to normality. In Rio, for example, authorities are already discussing plans for New Year celebrations on Copacabana Beach and the 2022 Carnival. But inflation and unemployment aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Recent figures show that the unemployment rate may be decreasing, but at a snail's pace. 13.7% of workers are jobless, and that doesn't even factor in those who were discouraged from finding employment. Meanwhile, those who do manage to find a new job are forced to accept lower wages. 
As Brazilian correspondent Janaína Camelo showed in her September the 3rd Brazil Daily Newsletter, sectors accounting for 75% of jobs are paying less than 2,000 reais, or 385 US dollars per month for new hires. And this problem of lower wages become even more acute amid a scenario of rapidly rising inflation. Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. Glad to have you back. Tell me, what's going on with prices in Brazil? Well, in layman's terms, everything's expensive. Uh, monthly bills are through the roof, and you can't go to the supermarket anymore without spending substantially more than you would a little over a year ago. Uh, looking at the numbers, the overall consumer price increases are set to top 10% this week. And that's the first time that's happened since early 2016, which was during Dilma Rousseff's presidency. And at that time, Brazil was facing what was its worst economic crisis on record. Um, pretty much every single indicator was going off the charts. Prices rose, GDP shrunk, and joblessness hit the 10% mark. And on top of that, the president was being impeached by Congress, which pretty much destroyed the government's ability to exercise any control over the crisis. So what about now? What is driving inflation up in 2021? Well, the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And high inflation is a worldwide problem. It's not just happening in Brazil. Uh, COVID-19 disrupted production chains, transport and cargo became more expensive, and you know several industries have been facing shortages since last year. Muitos acham que o que acontece hoje está acontecendo porque eu sou presidente e não em grande parte pelo que nós passamos, estamos passando ainda. Right, but Brazil's inflation rate is much higher than in developed countries, right? That's true. And it's actually higher than many other emerging economies, such as Russia, India, and even Peru. Right. So why has everything gotten so expensive in Brazil? Right. So what we have to do is look deeper than the overall inflation rate. So when we do that, we see that some sectors are pushing prices higher up than others. Things like food, housing, and transport. And that's why inflation has hit so hard, because we all need to eat, we need somewhere to stay, we need electricity, and we have to move around. So over the 12 months ending in August, fuel prices jumped by over 40%. So you can just imagine how much of an immediate impact that's had on citizens. And it's not just affecting petrol and cars. You know, in Brazil, most homes fuel their stoves using gas cylinders called botijões. You buy one, you use it up, and then you buy another. And these cylinders are now costing over 100 reais a pop, sometimes even more, and that's roughly 10% of the minimum wage. Our reporter Amanda Algi is finishing off a story on the boom in domestic accidents related to families cooking with ethanol as a cheaper alternative to buying botijões. So, you know, it's, it's terrifying. And we'll be publishing her findings this week. Yeah, and we've reported on a whole array of different knock-on effects of this inflation crisis. Take ride-hailing apps such as Uber, for example. Drivers are constantly cancelling fares because they're just not worth the money. Costs to keep a car on the road or climbing, and Uber is intentionally keeping its prices down. So it's no longer advantageous for drivers to accept just any and all rides anymore. That's right, yeah. Uh, and this has been such a huge story because Sao Paulo is one of Uber's biggest markets around the world. Um, over 15,000 drivers were removed from the app because of cancelling fares. So what else is weighing on Brazilians' pockets? Well, prices of some food products have spiraled out of control. Uh, mangoes are 60% more expensive this year. 
prices of rice and beans, the quintessential Brazilian staple foods, they're now 20 and 30% higher, respectively. And millions of people have actually stopped eating meat because beef prices have gone up 30%. Many are turning to eggs as a source of protein, and even chicken prices have risen due to climactic factors, which we'll talk about later. Right, I mean, I remember seeing an actor posting an article on social media pointing out this massive reduction in meat consumption in Brazil over the past few months. And I mean, he clearly missed the point, suggesting that Brazilians were finally waking up and becoming vegetarian. But of course, he was massacred on social media because the country isn't choosing not to eat meat. It's just that most Brazilians simply cannot afford meat anymore. And I mean... We know that there are often lots of factors at play when inflation goes up as much as this and as rapidly as it is now. What is happening in Brazil? Well, besides the worldwide issues we talked about, uh, one aspect is food production. So on the one hand, Brazilian farmers have felt the blow of one of the driest periods ever recorded by the country's meteorological services. Crops were affected by a lack of rain or even frosts in some areas. And not to mention the fact that waterways have been compromised, making transport costs go up. But then there's also currency devaluation, which is making exports much more advantageous than selling products domestically, because the value in dollars assures higher profits. So that's led to lower stocks and consequently higher prices. But then these droughts cause another problem, which is also linked to inflation. Brazil is massively dependent on hydroelectric power and many of its main reservoirs are at historically low levels due to this lack of rain. And that's where poultry comes in, as I mentioned earlier, because not only is the price of chicken feed rising, factory farm chickens are kept awake 24-7, which requires a lot of electricity. And we have been looking at this energy problem since last year, when Brazil was forced to import electricity from Uruguay and Argentina. But those purchases only scratched the surface of Brazil's overall demands. Exactly. So to avoid power rationing or blackouts, the government is switching on thermoelectric plants. Now, not only are these more polluting, but they're also much more expensive. In September alone, electricity bills went up by 5%. Yeah, and the problem about inflation is that it always hurts the poor more. That's true. Yeah, uh, they use a larger share of their income on these basic products and utilities. So inflation hits poor families much harder than the overall index might suggest. How much harder? So in August, the overall inflation rate reached 9.6%. For rich Brazilians, it sat at just 8%. Well, for the lowest income bracket, it was almost 11%. So you can really see the difference there. And when we consider that the poor were more affected by the pandemic layoffs and are now re-entering the job market with lower salaries, people's purchasing power is taking a huge hit. Exactly, yeah. And around 25 million people are set to lose a sizable portion of their income next month in one fell swoop. And that's after the break. We'll be right back. As you know, The Brazilian Report is an independent news outlet that lives off subscriptions, so you can support our independence by choosing one of our plans for the best content about Brazil in English. And if you have already subscribed, then you can also buy us a coffee, 
with a small donation starting at $4 and going up to whatever your budget and your heart allows, you can help us refill our coffee mugs to continue covering Brazil. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. Buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. So, Iwan, you mentioned that 25 million people will see their income cut from next month onwards. What's going on there? Yeah, so this is because of the government's coronavirus emergency salary program. It's about to expire at the end of the month, which will leave over 10% of the population worse off. And just for context sake, can you remind listeners of what the emergency salary program was exactly or is exactly? Right. So last year, the coronavirus hit the world, of course. The governments around the world, uh, state governments of Brazil, not the federal government, decided to place restrictions on non-essential businesses. So stores were closed, sporting venues shut down, everybody that could stay home was staying home. But that crippled the informal economy, which depends almost entirely on in-person work. So to mitigate the devastating effects of the pandemic on people's pockets, allowing them to stay home without fear of, you know, starving to death, Brazil's lawmakers decided to create a monthly benefit program for vulnerable households. Now at first, the Bolsonaro government was reluctant to back the proposal. Uh, they suggested a risible benefit of 250 reais a month, which is less than one quarter of the minimum wage. Uh, lawmakers responded, they set the benefit of 500 reais. And then Jair Bolsonaro, not wanting to be outdone, he chose to bump the monthly payments up to 600 reais. And the program was created in April 2020, and this was the single biggest welfare program in Brazilian history, right? It was, uh, and it led to this really paradoxical situation because the economy was tanking, unemployment was at record highs, but the extreme poverty level in Brazil had never been lower. Uh, the rate of people classed as extremely impoverished fell from 11% in 2019 to 5.3% in May 2020. But? But uh, the problem was that the program was far too expensive. Budgetary constraints forced the government to half the benefit payments as of September last year. And then by the turn of the year, the program stopped altogether. It came back eventually, I mean, in April of this year. It did. Uh, so the president noticed that his government couldn't survive without these social benefits. Because between September 2020, when the monthly payments were cut in half, and April of this year, Bolsonaro's rejection rate climbed 17 points, from 31 to 48%. And this was almost an immediate change. And now the benefit is set to expire once again. Yeah, it's set to stop after October. Just 12 months before election day. Right, so this is certainly playing on the administration's mind. Uh, citizenship Minister João Roma, he oversees the government's social policies. He's already suggested solutions to avoid 25 million people from losing their income in November. And why is it 25 million people? There were more than 60 million receiving the emergency salary at one point. So for most of those who received the emergency salary, uh, they'll now go back to getting monthly stipends from the Bolsa Familia wealth transfer program. But these 25 million people are the ones who are going to fall through the cracks because they were considered poor enough to receive the emergency salary, but they're not considered poor enough to qualify for Bolsa Familia. 
so their benefits are set to stop altogether at the end of this month. And what are the solutions on the table for the government? One is to simply extend the emergency salary uh, until at least the end of the year or until mid-2022. But there are budgetary issues in the balance here because the government is already strapped for cash as it is. And next year, a total of 90 billion reais have been set aside to pay the government's IOU bonds for lost lawsuits. And many government figures are trying to find a way to circumvent this obligation, free up some budget space. But that whole process is very complicated. And what about Bolsonaro's Auxilio Brasil program, which he promised would replace Bolsa Família altogether? So this is an idea Jair Bolsonaro has been working on ever since his election campaign. Um, initially, he, he spoke out against Bolsa Familia. He suggested it was just a cheap handout policy for governments to enjoy electoral gains. But as he got closer to the presidency, he realized its importance and he promised to restructure and rebrand the program, making it quote unquote his program. This is because Bolsa Familia is inextricably tied to the center left Workers' Party, particularly the Lula government. So the success of Bolsa Familia is among Lula's most enduring legacies, and Bolsonaro knows that getting rid of it would be electoral suicide. So the plan is to alter the program, increase the amount of monthly payments, bring in more beneficiaries, and change its name from Bolsa Familia to Auxilio Brasil, or Brazil Aid. But we have already mentioned that the government is trapped for cash as it is. How do they plan to pay for this new program? Yeah, so there are a few proposals being floated around. Uh, the first concerns the IOU bond repayments we mentioned earlier, but the government also suggested that the impending income tax reform could be used to pay for it, uh, which Congress isn't too keen on. Any other alternatives? Well, there's a plan to pay for it by taxing profits and dividends or by raising the rate of financial transaction tax. Either way, there's going to be a lot of negotiation needed and the government could end up being held hostage by Congress, or rather more than it already is now. Right, because politicians know just how important this program is to the government. Without an extension to the emergency salary or this beefed up Bolsa Familia, there's very little chance that Bolsonaro can get re-elected next year. I mean, it's already an uphill battle as it is. Exactly, uh, meaning that Congress has all the leverage, uh, and even more so because the government has to get Auxilio Brasil off the ground as soon as possible, because Brazilian law states that governments can't create new wealth transfer programs in election years, due to the risk of, I don't know, influencing voters with last-minute handouts. The clock is ticking, and the 25 million people set to be left without the emergency salary benefits as of next month, we'll be hoping the government gets a move on. Thanks, Ewan. Thanks, Gustavo. And if you like explaining in Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Music